regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Yes, a special Friday edition today. Uh, And that is because on Thursday, and I just had a feeling when I woke up Thursday morning, I thought, boy, this is going to be a busy day. Uh, I was scheduled to speak with Congressman Andrew Clyde of Georgia about a new piece of legislation. We were supposed to talk at 1030 Eastern Time, which is right when the Supreme Court released the decision in New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. Uh, So we did do the interview, but uh, obviously uh, the Bruin decision took precedence on Thursday's Bearing Arms Cammon Company. So I want to share with you the conversation that we had, uh, which, again, did take place moments after the Bruin decision was released. I do mean like literally moments afterwards, uh, because Representative Clyde has a new bill uh, that just dropped called the Return Our Constitutional Rights Act. Now, return... Uh, in this case, is an acronym. It stands for Repealing Excise Tax on Unalienable Rights Now. So you have a pretty good idea of what this bill would do, right? Yeah, it would eliminate all of the federal taxes that currently apply to firearms. Big deal. Probably not going to get a, a warm reception from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, I have to say. But uh, if we do have a red wave election this November... We could actually see the uh, prospects for the Return Our Constitutional Rights Act improve dramatically in the uh, next session of Congress. So uh, I want to share with you our conversation with Representative Andrew Clyde of Georgia, who is, by the way, a gun store owner himself, not just a member of Congress, but also a gun store owner. So he knows a thing or two about these uh, excise taxes. And then stick around afterwards, because we do have a, a special Friday edition of our uh, recidivist report, our good deed of the day, and of course, our uh, armed citizen story. We'll get to that after the conversation with Congressman Andrew Clyde. Take a look and a listen. Representative Clyde, thanks so much for joining me on the program today. Uh, as we were just sitting down to do the interview, the, uh, the news came out uh, that the Bruin decision was released uh, and that New York's May issue carry laws declared unconstitutional, a violation of the 14th Amendment, according to uh, Clarence Thomas. I've not had a chance to read the entire decision yet. But let me just get your initial thoughts on uh, New York's May issue laws uh, uh, being thrown out by the Supreme Court. Well, Cam, thank you for uh, having me on. And I will tell you that that sounds like a great win for the Second Amendment and for the people of New York. And honestly, I think that will probably reverberate across the country. Absolutely. Well, yeah, we'll, and we'll learn the details here as soon as I have a chance to uh, read the opinion. But I also want to talk about uh, a bill that, that you have just introduced in Congress called the Return Our Constitutional Rights Act, repealing excise tax on unalienable rights now. That's that's the return acronym. Uh, and this would repeal basically all of the current excise taxes, including the uh, Pittman-Robertson excise taxes on firearms, ammunition and other uh, you know outdoor equipment. It would repeal every excise tax on firearms, on ammunition, and on bows and arrows because they're considered arms. Everything that is an arm that is covered under the Second Amendment of the Constitution, the excise tax on all of those would be repealed. Because if you can tax a constitutional right, is it really a constitutional right? If you can tax it a little bit, right now it's taxed at either 10 or 11%, depending upon what it is, whether it's handguns or long guns or ammunition, If you can tax it at that percentage, then what percentage can't you tax it at? 
then you can tax it at any percentage and you can tax it completely out of existence so that people, normal people cannot afford a constitutional right anymore. Well, how is that a constitutional right? I don't think it is. I think ever since the Heller decision came down that declared uh, the Second Amendment to be an individual constitutional right, that taxing it is not legitimate. Taxing it is illegal. So the law has to be changed to conform with the Constitution. And that means eliminating excise tax on arms. That means firearms, ammunition, bows and arrows. Um, and But, you know, otherwise, if we allow it to stay, then we create a freeway wherein the Democrats can use taxation, they can weaponize taxation, and they can then eliminate their constitutional rights. And we've seen that. Just last week, the Democrats dropped a bill to increase taxation by 1,000% over what it is right now. So that means a $500 gun would cost $5,500, or a $1,000 AR would cost $11,000. Why? Because they want to eliminate that. Now, it would also eliminate the taxation on the National Firearms Act. So the $200 NFA tax would go away because that is an excise tax as well. You know, and, and you're right about the uh, the bill introduced by uh, Don Beyer, uh, which would jack up the uh, excise taxes on AR-15s and other modern sporting rifles by a thousand percent. And, it, you know, it, it strikes me, Representative, when I when I saw that, I thought, OK, so Don Beyer apparently is OK with the one percent being able to own firearms, right? If Elon Musk wants to go out and buy an AR-15, he's not going to be bothered by a thousand percent excise tax. What this does is it places the right to own the most commonly sold rifle in America today outside of the means of the vast majority of Americans, right? It's not a gun ban. It's if you're rich, if you're wealthy, if you're powerful, if you're connected, oh yeah, sure, you can own AR-15s. But if you're living paycheck to paycheck, if you're trying to struggle to fill up your tank with gas at five bucks a gallon right now, uh, you're out of luck, right? We are going to price you out of exercising your right to keep and bear arms. That's exactly correct. It disenfranchises all of us all the working class Americans who and their families, you know, who live paycheck to paycheck or just want to uh, to make a good living for their people and they're not wealthy. You know, that's the vast majority of Americans are exactly where they are, whether it's blue collar or white collar. It doesn't really matter. But Americans that just want to enjoy their liberties and defend their families and, and make sure that they're safe, um, it would price them out of uh, completely out of existence. It would price those rights out of existence. Well, Representative, listen, I got to say, I uh, I appreciate you introducing this bill. I, I know that uh, Nancy Pelosi is probably not even going to give it a hearing, but uh, you know what? The midterms are coming. That's right. Uh, and we've well, got a chance to, uh, to to get this bill uh, through the House here, I think, in the months ahead. So thank you for uh, for joining me on the program today. And uh, I look forward to continuing this conversation about the, uh, the return. It's not the Return Act. The Return Our Constitutional Rights Act uh, here in the weeks and months ahead. Well, thank you, and and please tell folks far and wide across our great country that uh, what this bill does. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, thank you, Cam. Congressman Andrew Clyde, join us here on Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. I appreciate the congressman joining us on the program. Now, you know, I also said on Thursday's show that uh, we would be delving deeper, deeper, deeper into the uh, Bruin decision, um, and we're going to be doing that at BearingArms.com. I would encourage you to check out the website throughout the weekend. I am going to be doing a deep dive. I went through Thursday night. I actually had a, finally had a chance to sit down and read 
the entire decision, the concurring opinions, the dissenting opinion. I was taking notes as I was going along. So I am going to do a couple of deep dives into the Bruin decision uh, over the course of the uh, the weekend at BarryAndArms.com. I encourage you to check it out. But also on Monday here on Barry Arms Cam and Company, we're going to be talking with Chuck Michelle. He is the head of the California Rifle and Pistol Association, a uh, well-respected Second Amendment attorney, uh, and one of the attorneys of record uh, in Duncan versus Bonta. That is the case challenging California's ban on magazines that can hold more than 10 rounds of ammunition. Now, that's been sitting in conference at the Supreme Court for several months now, along with the New Jersey magazine ban case, a Maryland challenge to or a challenge to Maryland, so-called uh, ban on assault weapons. And uh, there's one other case that is... Uh, Hanging out in conference. Oh, Young versus Hawaii, uh, dealing with the uh, uh, the the, the uh, May issue licensing requirements for open carry uh, in Hawaii. And I anticipate that the court is going to take action on all of those cases on Monday. They're not going to agree to hear all four of those cases. They might agree to hear one or more of them, however, uh, including that magazine ban. Uh, that we just talked about, but they'll also likely remand some of these cases back down to the lower courts with instructions to follow the test that they laid out in Bruin, as opposed to the you know two-step process that they've been using to see if Second Amendment rights are implicated, and then whether or not it's okay to do that because the government has a really good reason for it. Yeah, um, again, I, I would not be shocked if the court does take another Second Amendment case. I would have to say as well, though, I wouldn't be shocked if they sent them all back down to the lower courts and said, here, uh, rehear these cases based on what we just said in Bruin so that we don't have to uh, address this issue right away. Again, we'll see what happens, but Monday is going to be a busy day. And uh, Chuck Michelle from the California Rifle and Pistol Association uh, will be our guest to talk about uh, not only the Bruin decision in terms of the right to carry, but also, again, that that text and history test laid out by Justice Clarence Thomas in his majority opinion, and what that means for all kinds of gun laws on the books around the country. California, of course, has probably the most gun control laws of any state. I think they've got over 100 uh, state-level gun control measures. So we're going to talk with uh, Chuck Michelle about uh, what laws he thinks are uh, ripe for targeting that are, frankly, not already. Uh, subject to lawsuits. Uh, right now, though, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there, and it's not really a recidivist report, but given the uh, fear-mongering on the part of anti-gun politicians like California Governor Gavin Newsom, I thought it would be appropriate to just remind folks what's happening right now. So California writes, may issue state, can't get a carry license, if you, particularly if you live in the really populated counties along the coast, um, most of the populated counties, the, you know, the, the really population-rich counties, are very much May issue. You get out into rural California, and even though the state law says you got to demonstrate good cause, a lot of county sheriffs say, hey, man, you're right of self-defense. It's cause enough for me. Uh, and so you do have this sort of... A patchwork quilt policy, uh, depending on what part of the state you're in, right? But again, technically, under California law, these are these are May issue systems, and 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 Gavin Newsom says, "Oh my gosh, we got to keep that in place." It's 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 shameful, he said, what the court has done. So here's what happens right now in California 
if you are caught not just carrying a excuse me uh, carrying a firearm without a license, uh, but in fact uh, shooting it in a negligent manner, you don't go to prison. You get probation, two years probation for a 19-year-old who uh, is now a felon because he pleaded guilty to uh, uh, discharging a firearm. Actually, he yeah, I guess he pled guilty only to carrying a loaded firearm without a license. And in exchange, charges of discharging a firearm in a negligent manner and possessing an undetectable firearm were dismissed. Yeah. These, again, this is how California's gun control laws work in practice, as opposed to in theory, where Governor Gavin Newsom says, oh, they're stopping people from committing crimes. No, they're not. In fact, when people are breaking these laws, oftentimes, even if there's an underlying violent offense, shooting in a negligent manner, what happens? Slap on the wrist. Meanwhile, if you want to be a legal law-abiding citizen, you don't want to plead guilty to a felon, even if it results only in probation, you're hosed, right? Depending on where you live, it is impossible for you to get a license to carry to protect yourself from people like Eddie Amasquita, the 19-year-old who pleaded guilty in this case. Uh, Amasquita was arrested along with documented gang member Isaac Anthony Martinez back on June the 9th following an investigation stemming from an armed robbery, according to the Riverside County Sheriff's Department. Uh, Martinez was freed on $30,000 bail two days later. Uh, the Coachella Valley Violent Gang Task Force involved in arresting Martinez as part of a robbery investigation that included criminal threats and conspiracy. When they searched his residence, they allegedly seized a 38 caliber semi-automatic handgun as well as a 22 caliber revolver. Uh, the investigation then led police to another home in Indio, where law enforcement officials found a vehicle with multiple occupants and a loaded 9mm semi-automatic handgun without serial numbers, a so-called ghost gun. Yeah. Prior to their arrival, Emesquita allegedly fired a shot in front of a home at the location. Again, he was arrested, charged with multiple felonies, pleaded guilty very quickly, by the way. I mean, again, this was just earlier this month. So, yeah, he wanted to get rid of that uh, charge. And so he did. Pleaded guilty again to a felony. Two years probation. And that is how the uh, gun control laws work in practice in California. Yeah. I think it's, I think it, again, based, I forget, based on that, based on our Constitution, I'm glad to see that the average Californian will soon uh, be able to carry a firearm in self defense. But uh, come on, Gavin, quit pretending that your gun control laws in California are making a difference in stopping violent crime. All they're doing, stopping law abiding residents from exercising their Second Amendment rights. Today's armed citizen story from uh, Connecticut, where two teenagers were fatally shot by an armed homeowner after targeting the man in a home invasion. This was uh, East Hartford, Connecticut, and uh, police identified the intruders as 16-year-old Josiah, uh, excuse me, Isaiah Jose Lopez and 15-year-old Isaiah Miguel Navarez, uh, both of Connecticut. Uh, Lopez from Hartford. Uh, Navarra's from uh, the town of Meridian, Connecticut. As I said, police believe that this was a targeted attack, that the teens chose this particular home for a reason, although the homeowner apparently was unaware of who these teenagers were. According to the Hartford Courant, uh, the two uh, allegedly entered the home, physically attacked the resident, who did legally possess a firearm, and he did use that handgun, to shoot both of the teenagers attacking him. Uh, police said the teens were rushed to nearby hospitals where they were pronounced dead. 
Uh, authorities also say the teens went into the home, physically attacked the resident uh, who suffered minor injuries in the attack. Uh, the uh, uh, East Hartford Police Department's uh, Mark Caruso says, as of this time, the only weapon recovered on the scene uh, was the homeowners. Uh, again, describing this as a targeted home invasion. Uh, Caruso said, it appears as though the homeowner had no knowledge of his attackers. We're looking into several possibilities. The detectives are tracking down leads at this time. They say, we're treating this as a home invasion type incident where two males come into the home. And it appears to be a case of self-defense where the homeowner was a legal owner of the firearm. We will uh, follow up this story with more information uh, if any becomes available here in the uh, coming days. And finally today, our good deed of the day in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, even though he was uh, off duty, a, a member of the Grand Haven Department of Public Safety helping to save a, a swimmer at a, a state park uh, earlier this week. This was a Tuesday evening. Uh, Kelvin Miller, off-duty at the time, as I mentioned, uh, but uh, enjoying a relaxing evening with his kids. He says, I was at the playground with my eight- and six-year-old. There were uh, red flag warnings up along the shore of Lake Michigan, warning of dangerous conditions in the water. That made his daughter unhappy because she wanted to go swimming. He said, uh, I explained to her, we don't want to go swimming on the red flag day, just, you know, again, to avoid this type of situation. And then moments later, Miller's phone went off. And it was dispatch uh, alerting uh, him and other officers to a swimmer who was struggling in the water. Uh, Miller said, I, I looked at the text, saw that it was Area 4, which is actually right off the playground. So he grabbed some rescue gear uh, and ran out into the uh, waves. A man had swum out to rescue his two children who were on a raft. Bystanders were able to get the kids to shore, but their dad was now struggling in the uh, heavy waves. And so Miller... Started swimming towards him. Uh, he said, there were big waves. If you weren't planning for them, they'd go way over your head. He said, so luckily with a life jacket, I was able to float over the waves, reached the man, said, I walked him through what I was going to do. I told him not to pull me under the water. I had flotation. The flotation was sufficient enough to hold him above the water as well. He said, he was pretty exhausted. Grabbed onto him. Was able to pull him back to shore. Uh, amazing. Uh, there were, by the way, while Miller is dragging this guy back to shore, there were other uh, on-duty rescuers who were uh, trying to help a, another man who had been caught in the uh, riptide after trying to help his wife back to shore. Thankfully, everybody made it back okay. Uh, in fact, uh, while the uh, crews were treating the man that Miller had pulled from the water, they, another uh, third rescue call went out, uh, and a woman from the uh, Lansing area had to be pulled from the uh, the, the water. Again, everybody's okay. N nobody harmed. Um, but Miller said, you know, when you think about it, it takes a couple of minutes to get on the scene, a couple of minutes to get gear on. So being here right away definitely helped with that process. As I said, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, Officer Kelvin Miller of the Grand Haven, Michigan Public Safety Department. We appreciate your uh, very good deed. And yeah, those, uh, listen, I'm not a fan of red flag laws, but I do tend to obey the uh, red flags uh, when they're at the beach. Because uh, those riptides, serious stuff. So, uh, again, glad that uh, he was able to assist and that nobody was hurt. That is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I'm so glad that you were able to join us for this special Friday edition. And uh, look forward to talking to you again on Monday with our guest Chuck Michelle of the California Rifle and Pistol Association. As we continue our conversation on the post-Bruin landscape, what's coming down the road from the anti-gun politicians 
And uh, what laws are next on the chopping block? Because they violate our right to keep and bear arms. We'll get to that on Monday. Have a great weekend until then. But be sure to check out BarryAndArms.com throughout the weekend. We'll be updating the site with plenty of uh, the Second Amendment news and information that you need to know about. If you like what you see, you can always become a VIP subscriber as well. Just use the promo code GUNRIGHTS and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. Your support does matter. It really does make a difference. We really appreciate it. So we're going to give you exclusive commentary and content as well. It's our way of saying thanks. Until then, be well. Be safe and be free.